0: Well hello all my slippery kittens, this is your mistress Darby and I am here with another episode of Babes of Valhalla. You might have noticed that we have skipped a week, maybe two, uh, and that is my bad. I got really busy, had a very sick pup, and then also managed to potentially lose the audio for today's episode. While things are better, the dog is not sick anymore, which is good. The audio is still not to be found for the episode that we had slated for today, so I ended up kind of writing a far-from-home story. So without further ado, welcome to The Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underaged, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. So before we start this episode, I wanted to do a little thank you. Uh, First, thank you to everyone who purchased anything like from our merch selection on our website. We super, super appreciate it. Thank you so much. All of that goes to basically just like the costs of the podcast because the podcast does cost money to like host it and you know all that stuff and we're kind of trying to figure out how to better manage like the marketing and stay on top of all of that because it's difficult both Charlie and I are creative people who have a lot of other creative projects and the podcast is one of a few things that we're passionate about and that we love and it's always nice when you can find a creative project um, or find a way to make your creative project kind of like pay for itself. So we just appreciate the support. And we also love that our artwork is out there being worn by someone or being enjoyed by, by other people. Um. Second, I also wanted to say thank you to anyone that has just donated to our podcast. Um. We recently received a donation from one of our listeners, Mike. So thank you so much, Mike. I know you're listening and we appreciate it. It's just super sweet and really kind that um, you want to support our project and all of you that want to support our project, whether that's giving us reviews or ratings online or sharing us with your friends or reposting us on your socials. We appreciate it. This is a passion project and something that we really love to do and we love that other people like it too. So both Charlie and I just wanted to to say thank you to everyone, to all our listeners and all that stuff. And we're kind of getting close to actually wrapping up season three which is crazy that we're going to be going into our fourth season there's always things that we want to keep doing better and things we want to keep working on I mean we still have a few episodes that we're trying to squeeze into this this uh, the next few months of season three that I think are going to be really great and we're excited and looking forward to that and I hope that I know season four just connects us even further with our community so we just love that yeah so thank you guys Um, Let's see, what else? I think that um, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the story that I wrote today, the Far From Home episode. I know I probably do like a little bit too much of a preamble on our podcast, like, this is why we're doing this, but I don't know. That's just what I do, I guess. I have been thinking a lot about mental health in sex work. And how it impacts us long term, how it impacts us in the short term, all the things that are important to our mental health, um, you know, our community, our friends, our self-care rituals, all that type of stuff. And we actually are going to be having someone on the podcast, hopefully this season, if I can get my act together and get on their schedule to talk about mental health and she's a mental health professional, and she works in mental health, and she also has experience in sex work. It's just one of those things that I feel like is completely ignored by our industry, not on like a one-to-one level. I think that like dancers do talk about it with, you know, with each other, and we see it on, you know, dancer accounts and you know, coaching dancer accounts and stuff like that, where they're trying to remind you to take care of yourself. But it's something that like is completely ignored in, in like our industry, like our managers, our clubs, any of that stuff. Most recently, we got a group text from our manager at the club that I work at, where it was stated, um, you know, it was kind of one of those, like you guys need to be on time all you know, all this regular stuff, which fine, that's, that's all good. But they also kind of threw in there that our job was easy. And I know that we hear this all the time from customers or, you know, stupid guys that we go on dates with or not guys, but stupid people that we go on dates with or people that like don't know anything about sex work and they just think, oh, it's super easy. And I think that on the surface level, if you're looking at it from the outside, I mean, I even like recently heard my little brother say something about like those like internet thoughts or something. And I was like, no, 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 no. We are not doing that. Um, And we had to have a conversation about that whole thing. This idea that sex work is, is easy, I think on the surface level, you might look at it and it's like, you know, and I know that we like to joke about, oh, we're just pretty and we get money or we're just like charming and we get money. And it's like, yeah, that's like the joke. That's, that's the very, like, outside appearance of all of it. But the reality is that it's very difficult. It's hard on your body, mentally, emotionally, you know, all of those things. And long-term, it's very difficult. And I'm coming up on almost having been dancing for 10 years, which is insane. And just thinking about, like, how it's in, it impacts my mental health and, like, self-image and, and all of that stuff. And I think it's important that we talk about it. I think that like, I'm speaking to my audience. I would assume that most people that listen to our podcast are familiar enough with sex work that they um, either participate with themselves or they potentially partake in services of sex workers or they are educated enough in it since they listen to this podcast that they probably have respect for the industry. I mean, I could be wrong. So I know I'm probably like, you know, preaching to my to my community, to my audience, but it's something that's really hard. And I also think that like anything, like when you have, you're dealing with like long-term effects on your mental health, like we don't know what that ends up looking like. I don't know if there's a ton of studies about it. That's something I should probably look into. I don't know if there's I doubt there's a lot of research into the long-term effects of, like, sex work on your mental health. And I guess, like, it's, you know, it's always changing. I mean, the internet didn't exist the way that it does even 10 years ago. And then you're looking at, you know, 20 years ago. So that definitely puts a different emphasis on, on it. You know, I feel like there's weeks when I'm so just tired and exhausted from answering customer text messages and phone calls and and managing, you know, regular life stuff along with work life stuff, along with my project life stuff, along with just, you know, anything else. That when then when you have to be in an industry where you're giving so much of yourself physically and emotionally and mentally, sometimes it doesn't leave a lot left for the people in your life, you know, that aren't paying you. And I think that that can be a, a struggle. It's definitely a struggle for me that I have been feeling more in the last few years. And I'm not sure what the change is. Um, I think we sometimes have to adjust our mental health practices to kind of meet us where we're at and where we're at changes and what we need changes. So I think I'm kind of in that place personally. And I guess that all I wanted to really say is that that's where this story came from. The story came from me thinking about mental health and sex work and spooky season and um and yeah so thank you guys so much for listening and let's begin The alarm goes off and my eyes open. It's one of those perfect days where you can just start to feel the crispness in the air of fall. I looked outside, the sun peeking through my blackout curtains. It was still strange to me that earth only had one sun. I stretched under the covers, feeling all the soreness in my body from a hard night's work. You never really get used to the bruises, do you? I chuckle to myself as I get out of bed. Hopefully, Charlie has some coffee already started. I pass the clock on my way out of the bedroom door. It's only noon. Okay, three hours until I need to start getting ready for work. I mentally start to take note of everything I need to do before then. Okay, there's that. Okay, I can't forget that. Oh, fuck. That's due today, isn't it? I take a deep breath, pushing the tiny swell of anxiety at my to-do list down. Coffee. Coffee first. Let's just start with that, I say to myself. Good morning, cutie! Charlie is busy in the kitchen. Coffee, eggs, potatoes, and sriracha mayo. Our favorite morning foods since we've been stranded on Earth. She's got it all prepared and waiting for me. I mean, really, what would I do without her? We sit together and enjoy everyone else's afternoon as our morning, sipping coffee and talking about our days. It's perfect. But my mental clock is ticking. ticking. I see the calendar on the kitchen wall behind Charlie's head and fuck me. I'm already behind. Girl, you do your thing. I've got the dishes. Charlie calls after me as I head to the bathroom. I do my morning routine and stand there looking at myself in the mirror. Turning my head from side to side. It's still weird to look at me, at myself, in this human disguise. Our lives have changed so much since we got here. We found a purpose greater than ourselves, and we've experienced so many amazing things being a part of our sex work community on Earth. But I do find myself missing the stars over Venus that we could see from our ship as we traveled the universe. I miss our home planet's eight moons. And mostly, I miss living stigma-free, being able to talk openly and the safety of where we came from. Here on Earth, it's just not the same. Here, there's a lot to be done. I start going through my list. There's just so much to check off before I start getting ready to go into the club. I'm almost getting overwhelmed looking at all my lists, organization charts, the calendar, my work schedule. Charlie and I just have so many plans, so many things to do. So many of our Midnight Sisters need help. So many clubs are infested with bad managers, energy vampire customers, and countless other forces that are trying to take advantage of the magical beings that work there. Charlie and I sit and start to go through the list together, and it seems so long and never-ending that I can feel myself start to panic. How are we possibly ever going to get to them all? We're not going to ever be able to protect everyone that needs help, go to every club? Charlie, ever positive, looks at me concerned. She can always tell when I'm upset. She can always tell when I'm stressing. Darby, don't take this the wrong way, but I've just been noticing that you're working a lot. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of double shifts on your schedule and I've been noticing that you've been talking to a lot of customers on your off time. I mean, I know you're just trying to like line them up for later in the week and you're trying to manage, you know, all your client relations, but like you're putting a lot on your plate and you're just working so much more than you normally do. And I don't know. I mean, maybe you should take a break. I'm worried about you. Oh, not this again. No, 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 I'm fine, I promise her. I just have some goals, I just need to get through. I got this, don't worry. I'm stressed right now, but in a week or two it'll get better. I got it, I promise. Okay, well, I'm just making sure. I'm here, you know, if you need me. That night, I head to work. I am determined to make tonight a good night. I felt like the last two nights I just wasn't at my best and I am going to make tonight work for me no matter what. I enter the club, mustering all my confidence. I put on my current favorite outfit, red lace, and head to the floor. Hours later, the night is dragging. One more conversation after another. How's your night? What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. My patience is wearing thin, but I'm determined. It just seems like the night is dance after dance, stage set after stage set. I mean, I'm busy. I'm physically present, I guess. But mentally and emotionally, I'm barely there. Finally, it's last call and I trundle off home. Another night, complete. Only what? Ten more to go? How many shifts did I sign up for this month? The next day, I feel like it's a repeat of the day before. I wake, we eat, I stress, Charlie worries, and I go to work. Sometimes with her, and sometimes without. Every night, it just seems to get longer, and every day is repeated. It seems like days and weeks go by in this endless cycle. Work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep. stare at myself in the mirror and a stranger is staring back at me i don't recognize her the eyes are hollow and dark i stare deeper into the pits that have replaced i guess what was my eyes and they seem to go on forever the darkness never ending i jump back blink shake my head i'm staring back at myself now okay okay darby get a grip you're fine you're you're just tired I leave the bathroom and I'm surprised to see Charlie standing there. She looks upset. Look, don't shrug me off this time, Darby. I know you work a lot. I know you like to work, but you're not being yourself. I know you aren't. Something is wrong. I need you to listen to me. I look at her and I want to feel what she's saying. I mean, normally when Charlie talks, I feel it. If she's upset, I feel it. And I know she's upset, but, but I can't. There's nothing there for me to feel. I just feel empty. I walk past her, grab my work bag, and head out. Even though I'm leaving early, I mean, I'm sure they could use an extra day girl. That night, I dream of dark, deep, never-ending pits. I'm falling through them, frantically trying to grasp the walls, but I can't get a grip. I keep falling and falling. Until finally I wake up. I look at the clock. 2pm. Okay, I have one hour before I need to get ready for work. I can hear Charlie moving around the house, and I bury myself deeper into bed, not wanting to have yet another conversation about my schedule. So what if I like working, who cares? Once I can't hide any longer, I get up, and as I'm getting dressed, I stop and stare at my reflection in the mirror. With horror, my legs are covered with dark purple bruises, fingerprints and pressure points from floor work. I turn slowly and I can see that they are sprinkled all over my body, large and small dark purple and green splotches. My skin is pallid, yellow, sickly. I walk closer to my full-length mirror and stare into my face. There they are again, those hollow, dark eyes, a never-ending darkness. I almost want to fall into them. I pull up my face, noticing how gaunt my cheeks look, my skin dull. What is going on? This isn't me. I rub my eyes, look back at the mirror. And the grotesque image fades, my bruised body looking more normal. I mean, sure, I still have bruises on my knees, what's new? And my skin gaining more life in it, you know? My eyes back to blue, albeit a little red around the rims, but hey, that's just from being up late, right? I stumble out the door, careful to avoid Charlie, who I catch watching me leave from the living room with a sad expression. She just doesn't get it, I think, as I drive away. We've never been so disconnected, I think, but... As I think this I just can't feel it. I mean, normally this would make me really sad, but I just feel so empty. I'm just tired. i'll I'll catch up on sleep later this week. Just a few more shifts, a few more shifts, and I'll be fine. The night goes by painfully slow. Everything is on repeat again and again, I feel nothing, no joy, no excitement, not even irritation. I'm just there going through the motions i finally get home trudging up the front steps the house is eerily quiet and still i shake it off and head to my room i drop my bag to the floor and fumble for the light but the switch isn't working I flip it up and down and the room stays dark what the fuck maybe the power is out god damn it i call out charlie are you home is the power out nothing Silence. Hmm. She didn't say she was going out with a client tonight. Charlie, hello, I call again. Hmm. Okay. I walk to the living room and the street lamp flickering shows an empty, quiet street. Well, this is getting a little weird. I pick my way past our coffee table and back through the hall to my bedroom. I guess I'll just get some sleep and deal with this in the morning. As I'm dozing off, just as my eyes begin to close, I feel a presence in my room. Shadowy figures enter through the door and I feel something laid over me. the Titans. Wait. Is this- are these ropes? What? I try to jolt up but I can't. I hear voices and suddenly I realize who they are. Charlie? Ember? Scarlet? Riley? They're all there. I can barely make out their faces in the dark but they're standing over me while I'm pinned to the bed. What the fuck is this? I scream. Charlie holds a mirror up to me and I'm back staring at my grotesque gaunt portrait with hollow eyes. You've seen her, haven't you? I know you have, she declares. I turn away, not wanting to look. She shoves the mirror closer so I have to stare. I'm lost in those hollow eyes, so dark I just want to fall in them, be lost forever. I've seen her in you too, we all have. I look around and I can see the dark shadows of my friends nodding in agreement. Charlie continues. I tried to warn you, Darbs, you're doing too much, you're working too much, and now you've got something in you and we have to get it out. You've left yourself vulnerable by not taking care of yourself. I look up at Charlie. I can see her face now. A sharp angle of moonlight lighting up her sad eyes. They're welling with tears. She says, I'm sorry, babe. But we have to do this. I start twisting to fight away. It's not even... Me, that's fighting, it's something else, something else inside of me that wants to get away from them. I can feel it. it's it's her, it's it, It's that thing. I start to panic. The girls stand around me holding hands, and I can smell the burning herbs, the incense in the air. Two dozen or more candles light, suddenly filling the room with a warm, soft light. and I can see them all standing above me. I can see the ropes they've tied tightly over me, crisscrossing over the sheets, pinning me down. My heart wants to jump out of my chest. No. No, this cannot be happening. This is not real. What are we, in a fucking movie? They begin. They're calling the elements. They're reaching out to the universe for light. I convulse, my eyes rolling back in my head. My stomach churns and I want to scream. But I can't. I can't do anything. I'm twisting and turning and trying to break free. My throat is constricted and I can't make anything but a guttural choking noise. (laughs) I force my eyes to look, and I can see the energy they are harnessing swirl around the room. The it inside of me is screaming in my head to get away. I can feel it trying to pull me deeper and deeper into the dark. I look up and lock eyes with Charlie, part of me begging her to stop, and the other knowing this is the right thing to do. She stares down at me. It's okay, Darby. We got you. They put their hands on me, and I feel it, the warm energy of all their love rushing through me. My throat relaxes, my body starts to still, and my breathing slows, and I can feel the darkness getting smaller and smaller, until it's a pinprick, and then, gone. I'm suddenly filled with light. The empty darkness that was inside of me feels full, I don't know, I mean, it's hard to explain, but I I can feel. Joy and relief flood through me. I look around and... Everything is full of color. I mean, the morning sun is just barely rising in my window and I'm looking up at the faces of all my friends and a smile. That morning we lay around the house. After we had breakfast with all the girls and chatted over coffee and cookies, it was then just me and Charlie. We snuggled up on the couch, each with our favorite blanket, a crafting project and a hot mug of tea. We turned on the TV and I can see the list of things we need to do reflected from the kitchen. I take a deep breath. There's always tomorrow and the next day to worry about all that. I look at Charlie and ask her if I should text the manager that I'm not coming in tonight. She laughs, a little sparkle in her eye. I already told him you aren't coming in all week. This week's all about taking care of yourself. You know, Darby, you can't help anyone else until you take care of yourself. And when you don't prioritize your own health, you get burned out and just become something else entirely. I sigh laughing. She's right. She's always right. Well, that concludes today's episode. That is my very first Far From Home segment. If you haven't listened to our other Far From Homes, I think we actually only have one other one. Charlie and I really wanna do more of those, but it's so hard to explain if you don't do any like audio mixing, how much time it takes to find all of the music pieces and all the sound effects and and then like have the internal self-deprecating debate on whether or not it sounds stupid. But we do love doing them and i think i think next season i definitely want to do more because i had a really good time doing it and it was it was a little it was a little silly story but but i liked it. a little spooky um, my take on uh, a spooky take on burnout so just a little reminder to all you babes out there please make sure you're taking care of yourself making sure you're looking out for the other girls around you your friends people in your community reminding each other to take time for yourself. I know the holidays that are coming up, this is a time when a lot of us are emotionally burned out just from the holiday mayhem in general, let alone all the work stuff. Personally, I feel like, you know, October through December is like this race to kind of bank as much money as possible because January just always seems like such a dud. I mean, it's funny because historically I'll look back on in my like notebooks of, you know, I keep track of like all my earnings and everything and I'll be like, "Okay, never mind. Last January wasn't too bad or two Januarys ago it wasn't terrible, but for some reason it just feels like everybody after the holidays is drained, whether it's financially, mentally, emotionally, physically, all of it." I mean, for me, it's visiting family and working and trying to, I mean, I love gift-giving, but it's also, you know, holiday parties and and so much just preparation and I don't know there's just a lot so just remind yourself to take care of yourself take some time say no that's one of my favorite ways of self-care is just telling somebody sorry can't do that don't put too much on your plate don't be like me and completely get burned out and feel like shit until your friend has to you know your best friend and has to get all your other really good friends and exercise a burnout demon from within you don't, don't do that. Don't be like that. Before we leave, just please, please, please uh, rate and review us on Spotify or Apple, Google Music, whatever it is that you guys, wherever you guys are getting our podcast, just please rate and review us. It helps other people find us. It also feels good when we log into our back end of our podcast and we see like fun little notes from, from you guys. Um, I've been listening to some other podcasts that I really love. And kind of trying to find like i love the community that they've built and me and charlie really want to work on building more of a, a community around the podcast because that's really the reason why we started i mean it's that intersection between storytelling art um erotica kink sex work all those things that you know like we always say we can't stop talking about and that's where this podcast is kind of like the apex i guess so that'd be the word the center of all of those things and we know that, that we're not the only people that are interested in, in all of those things. So we we wanna work on building that community and any ideas that you have, we are thinking about maybe starting a, like a, what is it? Disturbia, distro, a discord. We're, not, we're thinking about starting like a discord chat, maybe like a Reddit page. Uh, we kind of want to meet our listeners where they're at. So if you have any input on that, any feelings about that, please let us know. Please rate and review us online. That would be awesome. If everybody could just scroll down and just give us like a five star rating oh my gosh, amazing. Write a couple sentences or two. It makes a big difference for us. Like us, love us, worship us. Don't forget to soothe your aching loins. Find us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla. We love you. Signing off, your Mistress Darby. Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla, otherwise known as your illustrious lieges Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius Gemini Genesis.